0: Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, hone your message, and make an impact on the world. Today's episode is brought to you by the phrase, from post to published, because my guest for this episode, Kathy Pedraeus, did just that. Kathy tapped into one of her passions and also her superpowers, and posted on TikTok the random items she keeps in her first aid kit to be prepared for everything. From eye punctures to diabetic emergencies, the video reached over 2 million views and the comments were flooded with, quote, you're definitely the mom friend of the group, unquote. It didn't take long for Simon & Schuster to come calling and now Kathy is the author of The Mom Friend Guide to Everyday Safety and Security, available in all the formats wherever books are sold. Besides being TikTok's mom friend, Kathy is a television host, lifestyle expert, and former scientist. Kathy's content is inspired by city living, traveling, her Latina roots, and 15 years of martial arts training. Welcome, Kathy, and many blessings to you as a brand new mama.
1: Thank you. I know I, I started as the mom friend of the group, but then became a biological mom through this process, which was not
0: planned. Oh, well, do tell. I just like, let's just, first of all, he's adorable and you're adorable and and just so many blessings and congratulations to you. So, you're the mom and a mom friend, and you're the mom friend I wish I'd had, you know, back in the day, a long time ago when my two were little, because so much uh, great practical advice, which we're going to talk about. But I also love just how you landed here that intersection of passion, purpose, and what the world needs, and also really well executed and i need to mention that because a lot of us have good ideas and we think the world needs it but we we don't, we mess up in the execution part so that's my long-winded intro to just say congratulations and welcome
1: <laughs> thank you and i think i i didn't realize that the world needed it and i find that that probably happens to a lot of people on social media right you just kind of start posting and start talking about things and suddenly something takes off and you're like, oh, people are interested in this. I didn't even know I had something different to say about it or something unique about it, you know, but in some ways the algorithm kind of helps you find your passion because I was just sharing safety tips that, you know, I learned in college. I took a course and some things that I learned uh, working in television and, you know, training with some security people. And then it, it didn't occur to me that other people hadn't received that same training until I started posting about it.
0: Okay. this is fascinating. I just want you know full disclosure. I haven't had any training, although I think I've taken a couple of martial arts classes. but like I have a go bag in my office and I have a go bag at home. What's a go bag? like a get ready to go bag? Oh okay, living in New York, I've lived through 9 eleven mm-hmm. Sandy, Hurricane Sandy, other things. I grew up in California and was um, grew up with earthquakes. And a couple of really big ones so my go bag is literally what it sounds like it is a for full disclosure i'll share with everyone on the podcast (laughs) i mean it is a waterproof backpack ordered on amazon um because i'm prepared for having to in my office to walk down all these flights of stairs with the sprinklers running should it happen and it's what you need if for like two or three days got it I I I I can't believe I'm telling Kathy Pedraeus about getting a go bag. So you got to (laughs) Google. I've
1: never, I've never called it. I've never heard of a, the term go bag, but I, I do something similar in that I keep like all of my pets, vet records and things like that, like right by the door. And I, in the trunk of my car, I have, you know, spare packs of like food and water and things like that, that the water I rotate out, but little bowls and stuff that way in case I need to go, I can like just grab it and have like all the, you know, emergency documents. And then just like some essentials. Yeah. That you
0: just want to add like underwear and toothpaste. I do have that in my car too,
1: actually. There you see. But, but it wasn't, it wasn't for an emergency. Per- I mean, I guess it wasn't really for like a, you have to go emergency. It was more like in case you spill on yourself or you get caught in the rain and you need like an, a quick outfit to change into. It's that kind of
0: thing. Okay. Well, this is really fun because now this is the intersection of being a television host. With this kind of expert, because when you have a life on camera, you do have to have spare things in case you get that call for an audition or you get the last minute call to make an appearance. Or as you're saying, it's like, well, you just have to do multiple things during a day. And so you're carrying the big bag with the stuff. I love that. And now as a new mom, anybody listening can concur. You will never not have snacks. I mean, I joke on the subway all the time. It's like, be happy I'm in the car, people. Because if anything <laughs> happens, I have the protein bar we'll all share. But I always have snacks now because you never not have snacks when you've had kids.
1: Same, same. Um, I've kind of always had snacks, like even in like my college days and stuff like that. Because, you know, going out to like the clubs and the bars and whatever, coming back, you'd be like drinking and stuff and you like needed some protein or some jerky or something. So I always had stuff like that in my car, but I still carry that stuff because even if like i'm just caught in traffic for an extra 30 minutes or something like i get hungry i want a snack and so i have uh the protein bars i also keep uh like little packs of cookies and then sometimes i have jerky and then my favorite thing are like the little packets of this is marketed for children but it's the little like applesauce packets squeeze pouches
0: (laughs) i love them (laughs) so i have so many Okay, now this is where we're going to say the intersection. I want to go back to something I mentioned in the introduction. You're a former scientist. I don't even know that you can actually quit being a scientist. I think it's part of who you are and how you think for your, the rest of your life. Because everything you just said is the preparation, the analytical thinking that goes into how you approach. Because honestly, I don't know how many college students are thinking ahead going, you know, after a serious night out, I should have snacks. I don't think they're thinking that at all, but you were. I also
1: had double bagged, uh, well, you know, some people would get sick in my car. I was usually the designated driver, so I would always have the big gallon Ziploc bags because I was like, I'm not picking up any messes. Like, you, you would get into my car and you'd get like a care package
0: for your ride home. I mean, that's just incredible. Okay, so you're prepared, but it really gets part of, it's like you're an analytical thinker. So now I hear, understand how your brain's going, which which actually is backing up. So it's interesting because connecting these dots for anybody listening, you just said it was accidental. You just started posting about a topic you found interesting, which by the way, smart, right? Isn't that what everybody says? Find what you enjoy and you're passionate about. and, And if you're consistent- it's likely you'll find an audience for that. But I think part of your natural strengths in being analytical helped you understand how to create good product or good content, I should say.
1: Yeah. You know, I, it's hard for me to think of what exactly my process was. I I think in the beginning I was, you know, posting trends and stuff like that, just like everybody else does. And I was trying to take the trend and apply it to what I was, you know, what my new niche was that I was talking about. Um, to journalism school, so I was familiar with using like editing software. I knew the basics of how to make a video. My videos are not like super fancy, uh, you know. It's just like jump cuts and stuff like that. But I do edit in external software, and I do use a Zoom recorder for all of my voiceover. Although in the beginning, I was doing it as a voice memo in my phone, and then putting it in Adobe. But then, then I got like a proper recorder.
0: And why do you think the algorithm liked you? Why? Well. I, well <laughs>
1: I guess I was saying something that people had opinions on and not necessarily, you know, cause there's different ways to go with that. You can go like super controversial where like people like love you or hate you. Some people might think my content's like paranoid or something, but that's like not, that's like the extent of the, the hate mail. And that still is like few and far between, but people had opinions on it. Like they, they could relate to it, which I was not expecting. I wasn't expecting people to be like, oh, I do the same thing or, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, and so I really just, you know, as I started posting, I, I, people would put things in the comments that would inspire me to come up with other posts. And it just kind of became a conversation that naturally evolved into a platform that then became a book with like millions of followers and stuff. It was It was very, very organic. And it was just me posting and people would respond a certain way. And I would kind of do what they told me to do. Even me wearing the blue dress in every single video that came from a comment, I was wearing the blue dress in some videos. But then in other videos, I just had like my casual like hoodie sweatshirt kind of stuff. And in one of my blue dress videos, somebody commented, the blue dress is back. Yay. And I responded saying, which do you like better the blue dress or my other outfit, like my regular stuff. And the person said the blue dress and I was like, "Done." Been almost two years since that comment.
0: Wait, okay. Quick question: Do you have more than one blue dress?
1: Yes, <laughs> I haven't counted them, but I have to have. I, I, I think when I started, I only had one,
0: but now I have like six or seven. Yeah, it's just like a fun inside behind the scenes. Because also, you're prepared. So number two, I just want to you know stop and acknowledge so many things that you've just said. Because again. Um, it was natural and organic, and you focus on creating conversation, something that we talked about on the podcast recently with Mary Langle who's created an amazing platform with Eric Corgano, Corgano Golf, and it's a multi-million dollar business. And she said the same thing as like listening to the audience, really, really key. Like the, the audience will speak to you and listen, and that's and that's how you build and, and you build a relationship, but it also it's it's letting go of ideas that you thought were great. They'll tell you like, no. This is the idea that's great. And that's really, really smart. And so I also feel like it's just really great. That there's so many things you just said. It's like, I was relaxed. It was fun. It was enjoyable. So it was something that you could keep coming to because there was, there was some joy for it for you. Like I love the topic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been fun making the videos. It is kind of fun to, you know, Algorithms are a little bit like a slot machine. Like when you hit the jackpot with a video, it is kind of like invigorating, you know? So that part helps. uh, I won't lie. Although now I won't look at the numbers at all because I don't wanna hyper focus on that. You know, like I'm just putting out the information and I don't care if the video hits 33 million views or 30,000 views. Like it's staying up there. I'll still go to the comments and stuff like that. But in the beginning, there was something about like knowing that you were doing well. It was almost like validating in a way. Mm-hmm. So I used the numbers to k- kind of help guide me. But now I I I've backed away from that. But maybe just because it's been two years and, you know, it it
0: does, it gives me like anxiety to like focus on the numbers too much now. But in the beginning, it was my guide. Well, so for anyone listening who's just curious about how you did it. So you just, you you post a video on TikTok about what's in your emergency kit. And so, and that's resonates. So then did you start a process, a consistent process from that in terms of like how often you post, how how you shoot? Like do you gang shoot? How do you how do you come up with your concepts? How do you edit?
1: I actually do not batch content. I know a lot of people do. I I started doing that a little bit this week because I randomly had like a flood of ideas where I'm like, "Oh, let me bang them out, let me bang them out." But that's unusual for me. Usually it's like I would wake up that day and think, "Hmm, what do I find interesting today? Which is not sustainable. And I do not recommend that. I recommend if you, if you know that you can batch things, then do it. But my, my problem is just that sometimes when I already film something, in my head, it's done. It's like the checklist is done and I lose excitement over it. And I don't wanna post it unless I'm excited about it. And so, so there's videos that I filmed that I've never posted because I was excited in the moment and I just lost it. And I was like, nope. And then sometimes I'm excited and I lose it and I will come back to it six months later. And I've had videos like that go viral that I'm like, oh, I could have posted this six months ago. I had this idea six months ago. But um, yeah, so basically I think of the idea and I just, you know, I write, I do write a shot list actually. So I'll write out my script and the kinds of shots that I want to get to tell that story. And one of the reasons why I personally like to use B roll with voiceover, it works on my page better than like straight to camera stuff, but it also gives me the flexibility to adjust my script. If I think, you know, when somebody's talking straight to camera, they might say this too many so's or ands or things like that. And in voiceover, I can out any of the excess stuff, which takes up seconds. And I don't have seconds to waste on a social media algorithm. Every second literally counts. Every millisecond counts. But the other thing is, in the beginning, I didn't know that this was going to be my category, right? And so I had posted that video of the random things I keep in my car for safety, which went viral. And even after that, I didn't know that safety was going to be my category. It was like an exploratory process. And in the beginning, I only came up with 12 video ideas. And I was like, well, I guess it's gonna be a 12 part series and then I'm done because I'm out of ideas. And I started uh, talking to some friends that like worked for NSA or worked for the attorney general. And I was like, I just wanna hear like what kinds of things you guys have seen in your office and what kinds of things you guys think is important. And then I would talk to them about something and then that would remind me about something else. And I would read something here. And actually my largest series ever which is situations when it's best to lie That came from a combination of some training I got when I was in TV and a conversation I had with a cashier at the grocery store. And it's a huge series. My largest video was like 35 million views, but every other video is also like 12 million, 10 million, 15 million. Like every single video in that series has performed really well. And it was from a grocery store.
0: Okay. Which reminds us great ideas come from everywhere. And that, like, that you're open to them and that you follow up on them. Awesome. So that's one of the things, one of my questions for you, because it's in your bio, is uh, what are the go-to lies for awkward situations? Since that's one of your areas of expertise. <laughs>
1: yeah. How to lie as often as possible whenever you feel awkward. Um, so I think, Some of the biggest questions that you get that sometimes seem innocent, but can also be awkward because you're like, I don't want to give away too much information, but I want to be nice. You know, I'm very non-confrontational. So a lot of them are the, do you live in the area kind of thing? And it it could be very innocent. They could be asking, do you live in the area? Because they're recommending some restaurants. Fair question. I still don't need to tell you how close in this area I am or that I live across the street, right? So I'll go through um, responses like, oh, not far. Or like if they're asking me for directions, something like not far says that you're familiar enough with the area to be able to give directions without, you know, giving away where you live. Um, Or do you live alone? Or, you know, are you headed home alone? Like anything that's asking, are you alone? Or do you live here or in the building or anything like that? um, Those are the questions where I like immediately turn to my, oh, I'm just 15 minutes down the road or, you know, some kind of vague response. Um, those are probably the most awkward. And it also happens a lot when you're traveling in the like cab, you know, like sometimes they're very, very chatty and I'm very chatty too. So I always fall into that. But sometimes the questions looking back, you're like, oh, that was a little awkward. Like, why did they, why did he ask me if I have a boyfriend as he was driving me? You know, like those kinds of things, it gets weird. And so, um, detail a lot of these types of questions and then some vague responses, just because sometimes these questions are pointed at pulling out how vulnerable you are. Sometimes it's not just about recommending the restaurant down the road. And so when you're not sure, you can kind of go to these vague, just nice, but vague responses.
0: What do you recommend? I mean, just broadly for us to feel safe online. Oh, that's a, so that's a tough one because it's
1: twofold, like there's the, there's the threats that come externally from like the cyber crime world, right? Of people trying to take over your accounts and scamming you and then scamming your friends or, you know, stealing things and stuff like that. So in that regards, it's definitely going through the settings and, you know, turning on like the multi-factor authentication. Well, there's also recently, there's been like some great things that help with like mental health too, in terms of filtering out certain words that, you know, you may not want to see on your pages or certain types of content. That's that's pretty new. I, I think it's probably within the past like six months that this kind of stuff has rolled out. So that that kind of thing is important too, from you know a different kind of safety perspective. But then uh, the the other aspect is, of course, your personal safety online and how you're interacting with people, uh, and that's the part that gets trickier. But I think a lot of it does again come down to like not putting out too much personal information, whether it's things that you're posting or conversations that you're having in the D in, you know, your direct messages um, through through dating and things like that. There's also a ton of apps that you can take advantage of. Like, for example, Tinder has an integration with Noonlight, which is a safety app. And it has like a panic button for when you're dating and things like that. It also will, I mean, if you give it access to, it could filter messages and say, is this, is this a message that you find offensive or, you know, something like that? So it, it kind of keeps you safe, but like from an AI
0: perspective. How long did it take before Simon and Schuster called you? And this is a really interesting point to me because part of it is from a branding thing, you made yourself discoverable. So that's mm-hmm. why I think it's like this universal thing. It's like um, you're putting out contact. It's doing well, but also they could find you in a safe way. So I just I really want to put that out because this is a really important part, even if it wasn't necessarily um, your intention, you were discoverable because there are people like me from the casting side. And, you know, this because we've known each other. I am looking for you. There are people looking for all of us in many ways. And, And the more we are discoverable, it's really, really important and it creates opportunity.
1: Yeah, I think part of that um, also goes to making like evergreen type of content. All of my videos are not there's nothing really about it that's dated. Yeah, I can't think of any like technology that's gone out or you know, anything like that. Um, So anyway, so part of it could be creating that evergreen content that could help, particularly because videos on Tiktok, you know, are now integrated with Google and stuff like that. So that can help. But in my case, not that many followers. I mean, I was just getting started. So I had like 360,000 followers or something when Simon and Schuster found me. And just for context, you know, now I'm like closer to like two and a half million. So, you know, it was, it was a long time ago and they had found a video where I was talking about like metadata and photos and how, when you text people or email it to people, you know, your metadata can still be attached and it can still have your location attached. And they saw that video, but they didn't reach out to me because of that. They reached out because marketing team was having a conversation about a photo and how you could tell if it's manipulated by analyzing the pixels, blah, blah. And the person on the marketing team was like, Oh, I didn't even know that was possible. And somebody else was like, yes, it is. And by, and so it started this conversation about metadata and all this stuff. And they were like, Oh, you should check out this account. And and so it just kind of naturally Progressed from that, it was like some internal. My understanding is that it was an internal conversation that they had, and somebody had seen my content and kind of brought it up, and one thing just led to another.
0: That's incredible. Now, the incredible (laughs) thing, too, that we're, it's just a subtopic for today, is time management. At the time of our discussion, you have a two month old baby, Mm -hmm. you have a book that's just been released, which means you were gestating and birthing a book (laughs) at the same time you were carrying a human. And before we hit the record button, you told me, oh, no, yeah, I'm just about to get my master's. In what, by the way? (laughs) Communications. Okay. So um, one, bravo you. I'm just like completely blown away. But how how, walk me through, like, how do you, and you continue to create content, by the way, without a content calendar, that's like, oh, it sparked my interest. So I decided to post it. It's just, you're just blowing my mind all over the place (laughs) today. So um, walk me through how you manage all this. Um, I would, I would actually
1: like advice
0: on how to manage
1: all of that. I did with my master's, I did take a semester off so I could really focus on writing the book because it, it was getting to be, you know, overwhelming because, uh, for the master's program, they typically recommend three classes. I've been taking five to just, well, because economically it just makes more sense. You pay like a flat fee for the semester. So, um, I was like, I just want to do that. But as a result, you know, I was overwhelmed. So, I honestly do not know how I do it. I don't sleep very much. Uh, that <laughs> Whatever I'm doing is not healthy. Don't do it. <laughs> but uh, I also I also am a dream night owl. So I go to bed at like four or five in the morning. And so those are often my like kind of creative working hours. And it gives me a lot of ability to like catch up on things without being interrupted by the daytime world. I'm not getting any calls. I'm not, I'm not having to go make dinner or lunch or anything like that um, because it's the middle of the night. So, and actually that's helped with having a newborn too, because I'm already awake. So I stay up with him at night and handle all those like midnight feedings. And then my husband wakes up at five 30. I usually go to bed at five. So there's only like a 30 minute window where he's uh, unattended. Well, not unattended, but you know, in the bassinet. Oh, I love this so much. So describe the book, walk us through. Oh, yes. So the book is essentially, you know, one of the things that I was coming across when um, I was making my videos is people were sharing them. But people in my direct messages were like, you know, I'm sharing like 50 of your videos. <laughs> like I'd rather have one resource that I can share one place. So what I was able to do was go through my videos and I sort of categorize them a little bit And um and then I expanded on it and and talked about like some of the research that might inform some of the videos and some things that I couldn't make a video on just because it was like too complicated. And one of the things that I try to do in my videos is, you know, get information across in like 10, 15 seconds. And so it really can't be overly complicated. So there's certain topics that I wasn't really able to uh, cover, but in the book I do. So the way I break it up is at first kind of like safety at home. Like just like those kinds of general like tools that you can have. Um, You know, I talk about the Wi-Fi cameras versus the hardwired cameras and things like that. That's always a conversation with like hacking and stuff. Um, You know, like for renters, for homeowners, uh, depending on the type of building. So things that you can do at home. And then I go into the personal safety, which is always the most popular topics. You know, the tools that you can carry with you and those like situations when it's best to lie kinds of questions. Wait, What do you always Um, carry with you? Well, so it actually varies a little bit. I think one, having a baby, you feel a little bit, I feel a little bit more vulnerable because it takes me longer to get in and out of a car. Like I, you know, when I'm walking down a street or something, I am responsible for something other than myself. So if I did have to run because a fight broke out or whatever, like I would be very limited with a stroller and a baby so who's also latched in. So I can't like just quickly grab him. And then, you know, a couple of, obviously, when like the we're in a cycle of heightened crime right now, so it makes you kind of more hyper aware of what you want to carry. So uh, a couple of things that I have with me is I do wear like SOS jewelry, which is really cool. It's it's kind of like Life Alert back in the day, if you remember those commercials where I fall and I can't <laughs> get up. So it's a similar concept, but like way sexier, where it's like a keychain or a necklace or you know a little hairpin or a scrunchie or something. And um it's like a button where if you feel that you're being followed or you feel like you're being threatened in any way or whatever, and maybe you can't grab your phone because it's in the purse or whatever the reason is, you just push this button twice and it alerts your emergency contacts and emergency services of your locations. It sends them your whole details, the profile, they call you. It's a it's a whole thing, which is really cool. So um I have one of the bracelets from this company called Invisaware that I use a lot. And then in my purse which is in my purse but then i put it in my like pocket when i'm you know depending on the situation but uh, i have my personal alarm super cool and then i have a pepper spray
0: but what's <laughs> a personal alarm
1: uh, the per the personal alarm is it just makes like a really loud uh it's, the decibels depends on the company but it just makes a really loud sound because oftentimes if somebody is you know bothering you or giving you like unwanted attention and stuff like that They typically don't want other people to notice. And so if you're calling too much attention to yourself, that they they get you know they're like uh, you're crazy and they leave you alone kind of thing usually um and so the personal as as opposed to a whistle where you would have to be you know blowing into a whistle or you're you have to be screaming or you have to be doing things the personal alarm you just kind of like unhook it and it just does it for like 30 minutes
0: i'm just pulling out of my desk i actually carry on my keychain, and i gave everyone in my family it's a british bobby's whistle do you know how hard it is to find a real quality whistle in the united states um, and the reason I got it was not for that, but I had read, maybe after Sandy, after nine eleven, it's just when there's chaos to be able to whistle so somebody can find you. That, that reminds me of Titanic, the movie. Oh.
1: <laughs> I, ha- I have a whistle like that too, but actually I had bought whistle, it is a safety whistle, but I had bought it to, I thought one of my dogs that I was fostering was deaf. And so <laughs> I bought it as like a, a training tool to see if he was deaf. That was the purpose. But I, the personal alarm, it's also very cute. Like they have them in like heart shapes and mine is like a teal color. My
0: pepper spray is teal too. (laughs) So it's like, it's like cute. Okay. That's really cute. We'll have to get you some Navy blue and pearl encrusted. Okay. Um, (laughs) Final question around this, because just for people listening, this is so helpful. And it's just a, you know, it's a general topic that comes up all the time around safety. And also I just love your incredible story. And I've been following it since you started posting the videos. And then you were like, Oh, by the way, I've got a book deal. I was like, this is incredible. Um, And I'm so happy for you. So just um, personal safety or things to think about when you are a content creator.
1: Oh, yes. Um, I see a lot of mistakes about people not paying attention to things in the background when they're posting. And, you know, if you intend to give away that much personal information, then that's one thing. But if you posted it accidentally, then you know you you feel more vulnerable so some examples are like the unboxing videos with the address labels i've seen that a lot and i've seen that from you know people receiving items like they're doing fashion hauls and stuff like that but also small businesses that are doing their their packaging videos of you know follow along as i make this customer's whatever order And they're printing out their labels and stuff like that. And it's like, well, if I was a customer, I wouldn't want that information to just be posted on the internet that way. I recently saw somebody, a pharmacist, post a video of them working and broke HIPAA because she showed the customer's label, everything right at the camera. She ended up taking the video down. But I mean, it's very likely that she probably lost her job because of that. And then I've also seen trends where, for example, this is a popular one of like uh, POV, your woman getting into a car or whatever, or POV, your mom getting into a car, like these kinds of things. And they're holding their wallet with like the driver's license facing forward. You know, like these kinds of things. And they didn't intend to, but it's just that they forgot that their wallet is attached to their keys. And so they're holding the keys because it's part of the, the getting into the car video, but you don't realize that all this stuff is in the background some people do this and I guess don't have a problem with it. Like they seem to do it intentionally, but, um, you know, posting like the numbers of your house kind of thing. I'm not into that. You know, the driver's license or the mailbox, like these kind of things, even, um, if you're on a sports team, you know, a lot of those rosters are public. Like, do you want the Jersey in the background? You know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, maybe you want to be found that way. Maybe you're posting sports content and you do want everybody to know that you play sports and where, and your number, but maybe you don't, maybe you're, it's not like a serious job for you. So I feel like that's one of the biggest thing. One of the biggest mistakes people make is not paying attention to what's in the background. I almost made that mistake the other day. Actually, I was trying to film behind the scenes of me filming and on my keychain, I have my little key card to my gym. And I was like, and so I filmed the key card to the gym and I was like, oh man, I, I didn't mean to, have that in the video because there aren't that many of those gyms in the area. So if I post it, now somebody knows exactly where I go because it's the only one, you know? So little things like that.
0: That really is about paying attention to those kinds of details. Mm -hmm. So much of our information is already public, but there's a difference. But And and then actually to your point, I mean, there've been some really famous examples of dire consequences. I mean, even what happened to Kim Kardashian in Paris Mm -hmm. was the result of posting too much information, right?
1: Right. Yeah. That's what the, um, the person who claims to have led that, uh, theft, whatever attack, I guess you can call it. He said he got his information from her social.
0: There you go. What's next for you? Now you're building this empire. Where do you take it next? Well,
1: I'm, I am would like to learn how to do a content calendar. Actually, I'm trying to get like organized about it because I've just, I've been doing this for two years, kind of like haphazardly and it's been growing, but um, I would like to really be like more
0: like structured
1: about it. But I, I'll, I guess I'll send probably...
0: that. I'm, I'm good at the organization. <laughs>
1: okay. Because I feel like that's something that probably a lot of creatives uh, struggle
0: with in general is like the mind is always... Kind of going. I don't know, but no, your success I... is so phenomenal. For if that you're not that or it's just you're blowing my mind. That this entire conversation. Hats off to you. I mean, so is one of your goals? Is there scale? Like do, you're looking at ways of creating yes. this into a bigger business? Is my really my question?
1: Yes, absolutely. So a couple of things. Um, one, I would like to kind of merge it with my television career a little bit, and you know, I've been called upon as like an expert for a lot of articles. Like I've had, you know, I've worked with like Good Morning America today. Buzzfeed, Buzzfeed actually just reached out to me again to do another piece. So anyway, so I've had things happen organically, which is great, but um, I would like to, you know, kind of work towards that being more consistent and really putting myself out there. Cause I, I think I have, well, obviously my, my page speaks for itself, I have an interesting way of making complicated information, especially when it comes to cybersecurity, super simple
0: and digestible. It's one of your superpowers that I alluded to in the beginning, you really, I mean, and I know that from you as a host that you're very good at distilling information and combining that skill with your warmth and relatability.
1: And I think one of the things that I always think about when I'm looking at content is, you know, cause I go through all the cybersecurity blogs and I read about all these different kinds of hacks and whatever. But when I'm reading this stuff, I'm thinking, so what, why do I care? Like as a regular person on the planet, do I care that some energy thing in some other country was affected? You know, I, like, and if I don't care, how do I make myself care? And so I think because um, I have that like, so what kind of (laughs) attitude, which in some ways is mean, it helps me make better content, though. And it helps me distill it. So that's one of my my goals is to to merge the two with my television. And I, I think the book helps me do that. And then the other goal is to just kind of, you know, I'm in a natural state of expansion right now, since I've just had a baby and whatever. And so my life is changing. And I want to share a little bit more about that on my pages as well, because so far it's kind of been very like I am giving you information for you to do whatever you want to do with it. But now I kind of also want to do like, you know, come into my world, too, so that we get to know each other a little bit better.
0: For everyone who's just getting to meet you on the podcast, where can they find you?
1: So I've kept it super simple. (laughs) It is Kathy Pedrai is on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Twitter. I mean, uh, even YouTube, TikTok and Instagram are my main platforms right now. But if you just type in Kathy with a C, I'm
0: pretty sure I'm like the top one. I think you are. You are the top one. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really thrilled and so impressed with what you have created. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. Um, Please skip on over to my website and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And please be sure to subscribe if you haven't already.